Thanks so much for joining us today, Prosper Bayani. Let's start by asking you to introduce yourself briefly. I understand you were in Eastern Congo recently. Explain to our listeners where you were located and the work you were doing there. Well, I was in Goma um, most of the time, but um, I, I attended uh, Kanyaruchinya, which um, is a refugee uh, it's a refugee camp for displaced people from uh, Uchuru. And then I was in Bunagana where, um, you know, the uh, M23, you know, they, they, they've taken and, and, you know, there are a lot of displaced people there. So I was, I was in the uh, 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 of Congo and, and, and yeah, so I was, I was also in Sake um, just to really just, you know, help, you know, helping people. So you've worked in the mineral-rich province of, of North Kivo, the capital of which is Goma, where, as you've mentioned, it's been the focus of recent fighting between the March 23rd movement, M23, and the Congolese and National Army. And the National Army is said to be recruiting some thousand soldiers a day. So clearly there's been escalation in fighting in, in recent months. Tell us about the scale of the fighting and the scale of suffering and the needs of the people on, on the ground. My understanding is that over 600,000 people have been forced to flee their homes, and all reports indicate they're not getting anything like the help they need. That's exactly right. Um, the, the, the situation in eastern part of Congo, um, you know, the surrounding region of, of Goma, it, it's chaotic. Uh, the humanitarian situation is very, very chaotic. Uh, people are living really in, in a situation where, you know, it's not human um, situation, especially in 21st century, where they they're not being looked after, uh, they just staying by themselves. Um, and you know, like on Christmas Day, I had to go and give you know uh, 50 cents to you know widows uh, for each you know 50 cents for each, just to make sure that you know they spend Christmas. And then we had to cook meal for you know um, all the orphans. So it, there is no assistance at all. Um, we have, as, as, as you may understand, we have a lot of humanitarian organizations there. We have the UN there. We have, you know, um, other organizations, international organizations. But little, very, very, very little is being done in terms of making sure that, you know, people are not suffering the way they are at the moment. So it's really critical. It's really chaotic. There's no medical assistance. There's no food. Um, there's no shelters. They, they, are, they are nothing really in, in terms of you know like um, you know assisting all these you know uh, refugees, but also displaced people. The group you were involved in, Prosper, the Umoja ni Inaguvu, and I forgive my pronunciation, but I understand that's a Swahili term for in unity is strength. Umoja ni Inaguvu, peace building and awareness project. It has a focus of forging bonds of trust, justice, and ultimately reconciliation between warring tribes and factions in Goma and the surrounding province of North Kivu. Obviously, the humanitarian work, the medical assistance, food aid and so on is, is, is of primary importance, but uh, this strikes me as very important work as well, Prosper. So how important is, is that aspect of your work and how successful has it been? Well, as, um, as, as, as an organisation, what we thought is that, you know, this conflict has also brought uh, a lot of um, internal um, you know, conflicts, uh, you know, between or among, you know, tribes and, and, and ethnic groups. Um, as you may be aware, you know, we have, you know, uh, people with, you know, um, Rwanda, you know, background, uh, which their citizens already, 
in the Congo and what is what what has happened is that with this conflict because of the M23 now there are those divisions among you know locals and what we've been doing is really to make sure that you know we bring uh, we talk about reconciliation peace and you know uh people you know um unity harmony and 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 you know uh in working together in that diversity so we we have a program on radio and that program goes on uh, once a week in terms of just each, each ethnic group can come and then they can talk about you know how uh, united congo is how united the tribes can be and then what can be done in terms of working together but also we uh aiming to have a program which um will be um you know a festivity where you know each culture can bring you know um their own uh, traditional um dance or you know uh program in terms of making sure that you know all of them they are all together so really it's it's very challenging at the moment because they are little we we are only working as a volunteers so um but the impact is very very huge because one of the aspects which um it's very very important in the congo is that people really want to be united people win, want to want to work together people want they have that hunger even though um you know it's the the, the humanitarian aspect you know it's, it's very hard but people want to work together as, as as one community now it does seem to be almost an endless period of suffering for the congolese people at, at war through various uh, phases of conflict for more than a quarter of a century now but uh, and I don't know how much faith we can place in his pronouncements, but uh, French President Emmanuel Macron has been visiting uh, African capitals on a diplomatic tour in, in recent days, and he's met with the Congolese, Angolan and Rwandan presidents. He claims to have brokered a, a ceasefire uh, prosper between M23 and uh, the Congolese uh, uh, government. There's, there's also, it, it's worth mentioning, dozens of other militias, including uh, the Allied Democratic Forces, the ADF uh, militia. But as I say, French President Macron claiming there is a, a grounds for a ceasefire. How hopeful are you that a genuine ceasefire could be achieved and that probably more importantly even than the ceasefire itself is that the provision of aid can be massively increased to Eastern Congo? The, the fact is that this is not the first time, this is not the first attempt. Um, as President uh, Felix Tsekedi said, um, you know, let's see if they will respect that. But this is not the first, um, the first attempt. Um, you know, they've tried, as you said, you know, with the negotiation, Angola, the Kenyan, the um, former president of Kenya, uh, Kenyatta Uhuru being there and, and trying and saying, you know, ceasefire needs to be done. They never respect it. And the thing is that really uh, the bottom line, um, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, um, you know, not pessimistic, but, you know, I'm very, uh, I don't know if that would work. Because apart from the conflict, um, in terms of them, you know, getting, you know, whatever they, 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 they're doing, there is the mineral aspect where they're going on those mineral um, areas. And that's where, they, you know, they, they, they're getting all the money they, they want. So it, it, it will be very hard. Um, but let's hope that, you know, it's, it's maybe this attempt, you know, from... Um, you know, President Macron uh, may, may, may bring a, a result. Um, but but, but to, to, be, to be honest, uh, to be honest, you know, the aspect has to be that, you know, no ceasefire, but they should just finish the war so people can go back to their villages, to their town, 
and then they can just have a normal life as as as, as human as 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 human beings. So, uh, and, and I think the Congolese, uh, you know, government they have some responsibility there, not some sense of, but very very big responsibilities in terms of like, you know, uh, making sure that you know the citizens they're going back to their villages. But I think as a country which has been in a war, you know, for more than three decades, um, you know, Macron could just you know, end up saying, like, you know, ceasefire is enough. But I think the, the Congolese um, government, they need assistance, financial assistance, you know, uh, material assistance in terms of making sure that it's not just a ceasefire, but it's, it's something which really all those displaced people, all those refugees, they can go back to their villages and then they can, they, they can live a normal life. And, and that includes a lot of things. So, um, being, uh, being not sure if they would respect uh, Macron's, um, you know, call. Um, but I think France is supposed to do more mm. as Congo being the biggest, you know, um, French-speaking country in the, you know, after France in, in, in the world. So um, just, you know, just that speech, it, it's, it's not enough, yeah. Now, uh, Prosper, of course, we wanted to keep politics out of this interview and to keep the focus on the humanitarian uh, work there. But just briefly, and this is really a very big topic in and of itself, you mentioned uh, the mineral-rich mineral rich nature of North Kivo province as well as uh, other provinces in, in eastern Congo. We're talking about gold and diamonds and wolframite uh, and perhaps most infam- infamously is uh, is coltan, which is a a mineral that is actually used in the production of all kinds of uh, high tech high technology, including mobile phones. So, and I mentioned coltan specifically because. Um, there is a sense in which the wider, let's say, international community holds responsibility for this conflict. There have been many foreign players and foreign corporations that have exploited the minerals of Congo. Uh, and, and I mention that for listeners who perhaps aren't aware that this is not simply a civil war involving Congolese people. It involves lots of foreign entities and powers and corporations as well. So, uh, again, I don't want to get too political, Prosper, but there is a, a sense, don't you think, that, that, that the wider international community is, is responsible for this conflict and responsible for bringing it to an end? Well, there is a very big responsibility because um, I know, um, having worked in Shia, um, I know that Australia does have a policy where, you know, all the mining companies which are working, you know, either, you know, whatever town in Australia or, or village or whatever, they, they need to help the, the local community. But it's, that's not happening in Congo. We have a lot of, like here in Perth, we have a lot of mining companies which are working actually in, um, in Congo. Uh, in the eastern part of Congo, and, you know, they, they're not protecting the population in terms of making policies which, you know, they can build schools, you know, they can have, you know, clean water and things like that. So really, um, uh, it, 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 it's a very complex uh, topic, as you say, but what needs to be done is, is for people, when they come in, you know, they, they, they need to do what the country, what they do in their countries, like, you know, Canada, they are there, Americans, you know, Australians, and what we, 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 we need really to, to make sure, you know, is, is that they should come with those, their policies in terms of saying we need to support the local population when, you know, we're getting all these minerals and, 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 um, and, and, and make sure that, you know, their welfare is, is, is very safe. Unfortunately, the problem at the moment is that they're using all those, those militias to then be, get, you know, whatever they want to get as, as, as the minerals, 
and then they can't have, you know, there are no taxes, there are no policies, there are nothing. And because the government is weak, we have to we have to say that clearly that, you know, um, then you know they just go away uh, with with no accountability or any 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 anything to make sure that you know the local population you know are, are benefiting from you know the wealth they have as as a mineral. Coltan, as a saying, is very 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 uh, recent. You know, uh, mineral which you know in in eastern of Congo it has you know has bombed. But you know the people when you see how they are suffering and 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 how they really uh, very, very miserable, then you say, is this mineral even, uh, you know, a blessing for them, or it's, it's, it's a curse, you know, because really that's what is bringing all the armed groups to make sure that, you know, they, they, they're getting that, and then they just go and, um, you know, they, yeah, they just go and sell them in, in neighboring countries, so that's mm. it. Prosper Bayani, Congo is due to hold parliamentary and presidential elections in December this year, but as we've discussed, there seems no end in sight to this long period of war and privation and the suffering of so many millions of, of, of people. Again, a big a big question, but how do you see the rest of this year transpiring? Could a ceasefire hold and, and could those elections uh, due at the end of this year, you know, hold some prospect for, for at least a degree of political stability in the country? Well, again, that's, that's really, um, that, that would be, the, you know, Alex, that would be a dream for, you know, um, everyone. Um, but think so. All those displaced people at the moment, like in east of Congo, uh, around Goma, all the villages, the villages, they can't hold their census because now census are being done in terms of making sure that you know uh, people are counted. So before uh, before the election, but because they are displaced, they are refugees uh, in their own countries. So I'm not seeing how you know things can work in terms of making sure that you know um, there is a clear you know, honest, you know, and transparent, you know, uh, election um, at that part of, of, of the country. So it will be very challenging for the government, um, but we don't know uh, how long it will take before people can go back to their villages in a town so that, the, you know, the census can be done. And then, you know, they are known that, you know, um, now this is the number of the people who, we, you know, who need to, you know, to, do, to, to, to you know, to, to, to vote. So it's, it's, it's a very, as you're saying, you know, it's, it's a very complex thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they'll found a mechanism, but really, to be honest, um, you know, we are already much, um, and the war is still going on. So I'm not seeing any perspective in that, in, 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 in that you know, in, 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 in that way of, of saying that, you know, Eastern of Congo will be um, having, you know, um, election, like the people, like, you know, they'll be doing election. I'm, I'm not seeing that uh, that hope at the moment because people will still be in refugee camps and and displaced, and therefore they can't you know be accounted when it comes to the you know to the election. Hmm. Finally, Prosper, it's it's shameful in my view that so little is known here in Australia about the successive wars in Congo over the last quarter of a century. Millions have died. Millions have been made homeless. It's in fact uh, the most lethal, devastating war anywhere on the planet since the Second World War. That's worth uh, it's worth repeating. It's the most lethal and devastating war anywhere on the planet since the Second World War. Uh, and yet, and, and our program is all about focusing on ordinary people and their, on their strengths and their nobility. Ordinary people remain resilient and are doing their best to, to rebuild their lives. There's no doubt countless stories of quiet acts of bravery and nobility and sacrifice amid all, amid all the suffering. 
So what would you say finally, Prosper, to our listeners about the spirit of the Congolese people and their, their ability to resist these awful conditions they find themselves in? Well, to start with, Alex, is that uh, Congolese people um, are very resilient because um, if you may remember, you know, since, you know, uh, dictator Mobutu was, you know, in power, there were no salaries. And up to now, people, they don't have salaries. So everyone just wakes up, wakes up and, and just, they, they just go and, 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 and you know, um, hustle and, and, and just try and find something, you know, for their families. So really, uh, that resilience, I think, and, and, and bounce back is, is the most important thing because most of them, you know, like, um, you know, they've been in wars, you know, um, for many, many, many years, but also, you know, they're orphans, you know, widows and, you know, uh, people who they have no jobs, you know, uh, young people who, you know, they've started, but they have no jobs and they, you know, they, they and, and. They never even go to school um, because you know they've been in refugee camp or displaced for you know uh, all the young the, the young age. So it's, it's that spirit of re- resilience which is it's still making sure that you know people are going on and 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 when you get there you see how the suffering is and how big you know the spirit of the people the hope um, you know they have then you see wow this is very very uh, remarkable. But, uh, you know, to be honest, um, you know, uh, with, you know, um, all which, you know, is being said, you know, with, you know, humanitarian assistance and and, and all those organizations which are there, but very, very, very little is being done. So really, the Australian community, Australia is one of the countries in the world which is very, very, very trusted in uh, in the Congo, and when you come, you know, you say you come from Australia, they say, yeah, Australia, they, 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 they're not involved in any conflict in terms of, you know, supporting this and that. So Australia can do uh, much in terms of, you know, uh, talking about, you know, how to stop the war, how to make the welfare of the people, how to, you know, help the widows, how to help the orphans, how to help those victims of war, and make sure that really Congo, which can contribute to the humanity, because there are a lot of wealth, and 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 you know we're not even talking here about you know the environment and and and, and all those things, but really uh, Congo, if if it's well managed, if the war finishes and you know there is you know a democratic uh, you know election and then there, there there is stability, it will be a very 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 uh, helpful for the rest of the world. Um, including, you know, of course, specifically in Africa. Um, so people will, will be really beneficial than the way it is at the moment.